Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. In case you didn't know, this is a second podcast I do here in two different forms. I did say it was a second podcast because, well, my main podcast is Mod Chat, where I kind of just talk about some new things that I find interesting, weird, cool, worth sharing, just things that pique my interest in the world of video game console modding and all that fun stuff. While as Mario's Minute, I come on here. Sometimes I have a guest, sometimes I don't. I do try and rotate it out month to month, uh, but I really just come on here and talk about whatever the hell I want to for the most part. So it's a pretty chill, pretty fun time and sometimes therapeutic as well too. I did say it's available in two different forms. First of all, most people seem to consume it on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel in a visual form. I will say there's not too much going on with it. There's just my channel background and a cool looking visualizer. At least I think it's something cool looking on there so even if you don't really want to pay attention visually that's fine you can kind of just run it in the background and listen to it like an actual podcast because this is an actual podcast and just like actual podcasts they are available on most major podcasting platforms i know it's not available on all of them but it's available on most of them and you can just look up mario's minute on your favorite podcasting app host platform website whatever it might be and you should hopefully be able to find it and listen there in a audio only form form. Either way, with all that out of the way, I do want to say a happy 2023 to everyone listening. This is the first episode of the year that we're kicking off. Now, last year, I feel like we ended off on a really awesome episode. Uh, I was a little bit surprised in terms of uh, not only how fun the episode was, uh, but also how long it went on for. And on top of that, uh, I seemed to get... I was surprised that it got more views than I expected for something that was like damn near three hours. That was an episode that had another YouTuber, content creator, and fellow mod man. Uh, I guess I'm the hatted modder, he's the masked modder, uh, Modsville USA. It was a super awesome episode, so if you are wanting a glimpse into how it can be with a you know, with a guest on, uh, last episode was a really fun one to end 2022 on. But this episode, like I said, we're starting off with no guest to start off the year, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We'll just have fun, just you and I here. Now, I do want to talk about a few things on here, and you know, I do have a general list of topics that I kind of generally go through here. I'm going to change it up slightly, just the order on my side, so it won't make a huge difference to you all, but uh, I did kind of want to shout that out as well, too, uh, just starting off this and saying this is episode 61. There's been 61 episodes of this. I've been running this podcast, uh, doing one episode a month for over five years. (laughs) That is crazy to me. It's crazy. Seriously, thank you all for listening. I'm sure most people listening have not listened to all the episodes, and I don't blame you. Uh, I do know there is a hidden episode, and I've talked about this at times, and it's not like super, super hidden, but uh, when I originally had this idea, I'll I'll even kind of go back to this. I've shared this a couple times at least, but the original idea for Mario's Minute was really just at the time uh, I was doing two videos a week 
Uh, plus, I was still doing uh, mod chat at times, and at that time, mod chat was streamed. Uh, so what ended up happening was I had taken on a job where I was traveling a whole lot, and so I was still working, I was traveling, and I was still doing two videos per week on YouTube. Uh, and I really don't regret, regret that, thankfully, because it was good for growth, and, you know, I had a good time with it. But I also did notice uh, it was really hard for me to keep up with that, uh, just because it doesn't seem like a whole ton. But I did notice that there was just stuff that I should have been doing that I wasn't. Like, I wasn't exercising, really. I wasn't going on walks with Lily as often as I really should have. And then it was kind of a point where I also realized uh, the only time I was really chilled out was in a hotel which was not good because if I was at home, I was preparing stuff for when I would not be home. I was recording my videos. Even at times when I would be in hotel rooms, there was multiple times. Uh, I know I did an episode of Mod Chat in a hotel room. I did a episode of Mario's Minute in a hotel room. I did um, editing. I edited many, many videos in hotel rooms as well. I would do all the recording, all the recording. I do all the recording at home, but then I would take that raw footage with me and the raw audio, bring it with me, edit it, upload all that fun stuff, you know, while I'm on the go. Um, I also recognize that wasn't great because it's like, well, where am I getting some free time on here? And there was also some other stuff that I was going to be doing in my life where I was like, I need to afford a little bit more time here. So I decided to scale back and I said, you know, I'm going to scale back a bit on the video uploads and... Uh, in the future, if I want to upload more, I will. Um, but if I can't get to that point, then that's fine as well, too. I think it's okay. I'd rather take the view and watch time and monetary hit just so I can have some more headspace and actual time to do what I want to and just literally sometimes time to do nothing as well, too. That's healthy to have. Uh, so what ended up happening was I decided to cut down to one video a week. But I said, I'm still going to do mod chat, typically in the middle of a week. So that's going to be five, like five uploads. So we're going from, you know, eight uploads a month to four uploads a month. But we still do mod chat, so that's going to be five uploads a month. And then I said, I want to do something else. And I want to do something just kind of fun, personal like this. And really, this is just, it's fun for me. It's personal. Uh, and honestly, I mean, there's no secret to this as well, too. Uh, this is a really low production show. Uh, part of me not even showing up on camera is that, hey, that just adds to the extra bit of it. And like, I just want to come on here and hit record, talk to you all and, you know, get that all out. Uh, yeah, there's going to be times I'm going to have to clip a few things and do some trimming and some editing. But aside from that, for the most part, I just keep it low key on here. And I like to have fun with that. And it really brought me back to the days where I would do commentaries as well, too, where uh, this is uh, it's made me happy. Actually, the last few years, I've been seeing a resurgence in this format. But like, I don't know, uh, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, at this point, even 13 years ago now, since this is a new year, uh, gameplay commentaries were a super popular thing. And it was just you take you record gameplay. Typically, it was Call of Duty. You record gameplay, and you come onto a microphone here. You fire up Audacity. You hit record, and you just talk about whatever you want to. You tell life stories. You talk about a rant. You talk about news. You talk about anything that you want to. And those were, in a way, little, like, bite-sized podcasts. So I said, you know, I, I really had a lot of fun doing that, even though that was lower effort. It was something that was fun for me to do. And I said, I'm not going to do the gameplay thing, but 
I've been doing the podcast thing for a minute now. I was doing mod chat. I said, you know, I still want something that's going to be personal that I'm going to enjoy and still get the personal side out there. So it's one of those things like there's people who uh, they don't care about the, uh, you know, the personal side of things. They don't care about the uh, commentary side. Uh, so they don't want to watch, you know, or listen to commentaries from me. And that's fine. Uh, there's people who they enjoy those videos and that content the most. And for me, it's some of my more personal content that I very much still enjoy. So I said, you know what, I want to have that option available there. Um, and I want to have that outlet. So that's kind of like the more personal connection on there to you all. And you know, it's, it, it's cool. Like some of my favorite probably comment and reply experiences have been from these episodes. So that's really awesome to have. Uh, so I said, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot here. Uh, it's not even going to take all too much. And initially, I, th would ma I was maybe thinking of doing, I don't think I've shared this before. I was thinking of doing something called like maybe Mario and Friends. And the idea would be uh, every month I would have a guest on. And then I thought about it and I was like, I don't think I'll be able to do that every single month. Uh, because I'll be honest, sometimes there's just stuff I want to share myself and just have here on the floor. And plus, that's another thing as well, too, where I would just be having to look for guests even a little more often than I do now. Um, so sometimes I'm looking for someone last minute. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I'd love to have you on. Let's do this. Uh, my next guest episode is going to be in like two months. Can I get you in two months? And typically it's a yes on there. So um that's kind of how that's all gone. <laughs> uh, but either way, I said, you know, I'm going to do that. And then I decided to try out the podcast thing. I did episode zero, uh, which I believe you can find on my podcast feed. Uh, and you can find it as a unlisted video um, in the Mario's Minute playlist on my channel here. But at the time, I was looking for a title and I'd ran it by some friends and they thought it was cool. And uh, then I even did that test episode. I did like a one hour just talking at random. Uh, and the friends I ran it by, because uh, I was like, hey, I'd like some criticism on here. You know, if anybody likes podcasts, can they give this a listen? A few people volunteered. Uh, shout out to James Rainers. Shout out to uh, Escort Do, uh, otherwise known as Jason. Shout out to uh, Devin, Paranoid Coder. Uh, those are the three. Um, I want, I might be, you know, he's going to get a, per, a shout out here too. Even if you didn't shout out to Exit, I think he listened as well. Um, either way, there was three or four people that listened and they were all were just like, the audio is awesome on like, dude, like we like this. Uh, then when I actually ended up releasing a first episode, so there was like some constru constructive criticism there when it went out um, to the public, people were like, I don't like this visually. I don't like this. I don't like this. And I was like, thank you. Um, I got no feedback on the visuals, so I'm taking that into account, and we're going to do it like this. And I did some change-ups, and here we are. <laughs> so what ended up happening with all of that was uh, shout-out to Devin, or Paranoid Coder, for this. Um, he had recommended some names, because at the time, the podcast didn't have a name. And uh, he recommended, like, two or three to me. Um, and I think the two I really settled on, there was Mario's Minutes and Mario's Minute. I was like, you know, let's do Mario's Minute. I, I like that. So that's kind of how this all came to fruition. Uh, so <laughs> I was really just going to talk about, you know, even just general channel things as well, too. And uh, I guess we got some some backstory on there. Uh, but either way, in regards to this, I was kind of wanting to even compare this to 
what was going on last year. So last year, I don't think it was all too bad in terms of channel things. But if some people had maybe like they're they were really checking the pulse of the channel, uh, I will say um, a little bit different for me last year. There were many times I, I pride myself on being pretty consistent for the most part. But last year was the first time there was a few things that happened. Uh, first of all, there was just times where for the first time ever, um, I took a actual scheduled break on YouTube where I was like, hey, for a few weeks, I'm not going to be releasing any uploads. Uh, so for about the first three weeks of January, I didn't upload anything. And uh, then even throughout the year, it wasn't a ton of times, but there was several times like, you know, one weekend, I wouldn't release um, a video. Um, and I think there was maybe two or three times I end up missing video uploads just because I was like, hey, I need time to work offline on something. And uh, there were a few things for that. One of them was at one point, uh, I had COVID. So I couldn't record. Uh, I was super exhausted. So I couldn't even edit any of the videos that I already had recorded. Uh, so you know, I, I, I got a pass there. And I will say people were super awesome with it. Like when I took my break, I, I got a lot of people who were saying, oh, hey, take your time. We'll be here. And um, we're going to miss you. Or it's like, I miss you already. Uh, so, and I really appreciated that. Thank you. There was no, there was nobody. There was nobody who was like, no, you can't take a break. You can't do this. Um, when I did the COVID thing, like when I had talked about that, uh, there were some some COVID naysayers, I will say that, uh, or some people who were just like, uh, okay, why are you sharing this? And it's like, hey, I'm sharing this because I'm sick and I'm explaining why I can't do this here. Um, but even though, uh, the, even with that, the positive was, like the reception was extremely positive on there. Where it was just, hey, get better. I had this too, or, you know, you're doing the right thing with this and just get better, man. Don't even worry about it. And even other times when I just said, hey, uh, sorry about this, no video this weekend. I'm going to have something out next weekend, but my apologies. And people were just like, take the time you need. Like, it's all good. Um, and that was really cool. I, I very much appreciated that. Um, it, it almost allowed me to allow myself to miss those dates i am anticipating this year i really don't think that will happen um that hasn't happened in previous years uh i don't think it'll happen this year that's not to say it's like i'm not going to miss any uploads at all uh but it's just like a personal thing for me like that i like to do it's something that i enjoy doing it's something that i still like to have out there so that's how all that goes uh i will say i still don't really want to get into the details of this but at the beginning of last year when i had taken a break uh there was just some stuff offline that i had to handle uh, and i will say i i think i can safely say it's okay now um the the stuff that happened it's all good um you know everyone's safe everyone's all good we're all okay uh but at the time i just had a situation dropped on me um, that was not only really devastating, um, but it was just, it affected everything for me. Um, not only I was just like in a state where most of the time I couldn't really do a video. I also didn't have a lot of time to make videos or do podcasts or anything. Occasionally there were times where I would suddenly have like a small burst of inspiration and kind of just as a distraction from everything that was going on, I would make a video and edit it and then that would, you know, slip away afterwards. Um, so that's why at the time, you know, I took my break there. Now, 
that's not to say that's not to say like I didn't enjoy myself a bit. Like I did enjoy, I did allow myself to at times when I could, you know, do a little bit of nothing, play some video games, and you can even listen to like last year's January episode and kind of hear some of that there. Um, however, that's all to say, I could tell I still loved YouTube, which was really nice because. I was excited to make video. I was excited to return to making content um, before I even went on break. <laughs> and I'm just like, hold on, like, come on, like, I I need to I need to break. I need to force myself to not do any work for a few weeks because part of it was I kind of recognized it was healthy, and a part of it was also um, with everything that was going on at that time. I also uh, I don't do YouTube full time. Uh, I have no plans to. Personally, for me, it's not something that I want to do. That's just me personally. I'm not against it. I'm not against others doing it. It's just something I don't want to do. So I do have a full-time job outside of YouTube here, um, and I like to keep it that way. But what was going on was even at the time where it it was more like, I guess in short, it even was impacting that as well too, and there was even time that I had to not work or times that I had to take off work, or times that, you know, hey, maybe I'll start work, and I have to leave abruptly for this, um, so that was just, it, it was, it was all-encompassing, and it was very much a thing that it's like, hey, this needs, you know, attention right now, uh, so that's why that is to say, you know, I got a little bit of relaxation time in there, I was able to kind of have some downtime, uh, but unfortunately, it also wasn't a break that was, um, that was just, hey, me vacationing, or hey, uh, I'm going to not upload in January because ad rates are at the lowest they are all year. Um, No, it wasn't any of that. It was unfortunately like, hey, I don't have time to do YouTube right now because this other thing needs my attention. Even if I had the time, I really don't have the inspiration for this. Um, I don't even have time many times to go to (laughs) my job job. So, um, Everyone, everyone in my personal life with that who was, you know, surrounded with it all and was aware of the situation, everyone was incredibly understanding, incredibly supportive. And thankfully, and like I said, I'm, I'm being vague about it because um, I don't want to share it on here and it's not really my place in some of that to share it as well, too. Uh, but I will say that that's a lot better. So that's why, you know, this year uh, I, I have some videos that are all done, you know, I can schedule and, you know, kind of just like button up and get uploaded. So I'm prepared in that regard. Uh, but also I've been, you know, hammering out videos that I've had fun with here. So that's kind of to say that last year it was just a thing with me that I was a little disappointed by. 2022, I will say, was probably the worst year in my life. Um, I'm glad we're out of 2022. Very glad we're out of 22. That's just one of those things. I'm like, you know, when when we entered 2023, I was like, I am so happy. I I'm so happy we could just I if 2022 is like a piece of paper, I would just crumble it into a ball and just pour like a gallon of gasoline on it and set it on fire. And I never want to see this again. There was good stuff that happened in 2022, mind you. Um, but even that was like kind of like marred and plagued with so much of like the air of the bad stuff that was going on as well. So. Yeah, uh, glad to be out of that. Um, I think the last thing I'll say on there personally is uh, I am truly not joking when I say, you know, um, typically, you know, at the beginning of the year, people say, hey, happy new year. I'll put it like this. My new year for 2022 is being happy about three hours in. 
<laughs> I'm laughing now, but I, I, that is truly not a joke. So, uh, that's why with this year, you know, um, getting back to normality, that's what I want to do, uh, in my personal life and, uh, my YouTube life as well too here. Uh, so I'm, not I, I will say this i'm not anticipating i'll take a break from uploading uh i'm not anticipating i'm going to miss any uploads but if i do miss an upload and if i do have to take a break of some kind uh one i apologize in advance and two life happens so that's how all that goes <laughs> so one thing that uh is kind of just how some things go is uh i want to talk about you know a little bit of console modding on here uh this was for uh this actually a i guess a personal story here uh but with a friend of mine so there was one of my friends uh at one point uh one point last year uh they had wanted a rgh system like a xbox 360 a modified you know xbox 360 uh so i ended up you know after after a while of kind of going back and forth on it uh i ended up finally getting one over to them they were very happy with it and we even ended up picking like very specific things as well too like they said hey uh, i'm wanting this model here if possible and i'd like it to look like this and i said awesome i got you and they were wanting it to go for longevity as well, too. Um, they were just like, hey, what would be, like, the best model? And I said Jasper. Like, Jasper motherboard. Uh, I know I know the Slims are smaller and sleeker and they have wireless built in. But if we are talking about straight reliability um, and you want a modified system, go with a Jasper motherboard. He was just like, you know what? I trust you. All good. Let let's let's get it. Let's do this here. Uh, and we kind of had to piecemeal it a little bit together as well too. Uh, like he'd wanted an upgraded hard drive, so I got that. Uh, like I said, I had to do some, uh, you know, just make sure uh, to get like a case swap and all that going on as well too, because he wanted specifically the pro system he didn't care about the internals he's like you know if the serial numbers don't match i don't care but he wanted it to be a pro system so a white system with the uh chrome bezel and eject uh button on there uh so all good we end up getting that set up <laughs> um so it was cool i end up also modifying it with uh rgh 1.2 some people who are more familiar with the modding scene on the xbox 360 they might be wondering well why didn't you do rgh3 it's chipless uh in short because rgh3 is unfortunately not reliable on the xbox 360 for the fat systems on the slim systems it's fine and even then you might run into some issues here and there uh like i do know not every single slim will take rgh3 properly so sometimes you might have to go with rgh 1.2 on there or even you know this more outdated but srgh um i guess if you can't do the pll point um with the xbox 360 fat though rgh3 is still in beta uh the big difference for anyone who doesn't know is uh one of them rgh 1.2 requires you to uh, program and solder up a glitch chip and it can just be a harder install to do because you have to deal with more wires, more points. Wire placement is very important as well too. Wire routing, all that stuff. Uh, RGH3, there's no chip involved. And 
it's less points as well too. It's really just on the fat system, two wires, a diode, and a resistor. That's all it is. It's super easy to set up on there, um, thankfully. So once you do what, well, like the, the work that stays in there, you still have to dump your NAND, program it, write it back over, and do all that fun stuff. Um, but it's just not stable on there. And by that, I mean, uh, immediately your system might not boot into a modified state. It might not turn on properly. Um, you could get unreliable boot times on there, um, or everything could work properly until the end of time, or everything could work properly for a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, and then it stops glitching. And when it stops glitching, the system itself is not dead. It's the system is just stopped cooperating with rgh3 and at that point you just have to redo the mod you'd have to take out the rgh3 wiring you'd have to change over the nand to an rgh2 wiring and then you know get a glitch chip at that point and do an rgh 1.2 so that's all to say the the recommendation is really if you're doing it for your own system uh, RGH3 is fine, but if you're really doing it for other people, other friends, and especially customers, that's really not going to be recommended on there, unfortunately. Um, just because, hey, if you send out a system to someone, um, it could work perfectly fine on your desk. But then you send it out, and you might have, like, it, the, the console could be perfectly fine, could be a good motherboard and everything. You send it out, it's possible that after five weeks... Your friend might message you back and be like, hey, the system isn't booting up now. I don't know what to do. And unfortunately, at that point, RGH3 is just no longer feasible on that system. So that's why also when it comes to longevity, I said, let's go ahead and do RGH 1.2. I know it's not as exciting. It's not as fun as RGH3, but this is going to be better for longevity. On top of all that, uh, I love my friend, don't get me wrong, but he's also uh, not the most technical person. Uh, so... I did want to also keep that in mind as well, too. And some people have also asked me when it comes to this, like, why don't you do services for, you know, consoles, things like that? Why don't you open up modding services? I really don't want to do that because even when you you could say you don't want to do this, but you kind of sort of kind of end up being on the hook to be support in some way and it's like people just think they can be accessible to you at like all different times all different hours and i'm actually going to get into that later but i did want to share this story because i thought this would be fun but the thing is friends aren't immune to this either and this friend again i love him don't get me wrong but he asked me a whole lot of questions before during after and i'm like i get it all right cool some of the questions were just like Man, I don't know where you heard of this from, but that's not true at all. No, uh, some of them are like, okay, I understand. Yeah, this is not really clarified properly. Okay, cool. Let's get this sorted on here. So when it came down to everything, um, there was one issue in particular that really stumped me that I wanted to uh, to work out here. And I just want, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have a little puzzle game together, right? We're going to have just something fun. And it's, a ve it's very important to note that Reset Glitch Hack for the uh, Xbox 360, it is a timing-based modification, kind of a timing attack. Uh, so it works on, it literally ends up resetting uh, some components on the Xbox 360 itself. And then once it is able to essentially bypass some security checks on there, the console is then able to boot up successfully. I know I'm very much oversimplifying it right now, but that means that when you RGH your system, 
Typically for Xbox 360 to turn on, it takes five seconds. Now, if you modify your system with this, it can boot up in four or five seconds. It could boot up in seven seconds. It could boot up in 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Uh, some real rough installs that have, you know, a lot of interference, a lot of issues. Maybe the wiring isn't good. The wire routing isn't good. Um, the wire placement isn't good. Um, even just older, you know, modifications like RGH2 for the Xbox 360 fat. Um, it could take five minutes, two, three, four, five minutes for your system to boot up. Uh, this system was booting up beautifully. It was insta-booting, which means... You turn it on, it takes five seconds to boot up, like four or five seconds. So that's all good. Now, what ended up happening was I gave it to my friend. Uh, he ended up, uh, what was going on? I got over to him. He, I'm trying to remember the order of operations of this. He didn't have a power supply at the time, so he had to secure a power supply. I told him which one to get, which was pretty much any of the fat ones. He got it all hooked up. It was working. He was super excited because he had wanted a system for a while like this. And, you know, he's still asking his questions. And then he's had this thing for months and months now at this point. But whenever he kind of ran into a little bit of an issue, he would, ru he would run it by me. He would ask me as he was super afraid of he didn't want to open up the system. He didn't want to work on it. He doesn't do soldering. Um, he did not want to mess up this system either. He's like, hey, if I do this, will I break it? If I do that, will I break it? Well, at one point... To my disappointment, several weeks ago, so this is months and months afterwards, he was just like, hey, so I noticed, uh, is this normal? I noticed there's times now where, like, when I had the system, when it first came, it worked beautifully. Like, it used to always insta-boot. You know, I turn it on, boom, green lights in five seconds. And I've noticed it's been booting up slower. And not only that, but, like, sometimes I have to, like, turn the system off and on, like, ten times. Like, what is going on here? And I was immediately like, hey, first of all, don't keep quickly rebooting the system like that. I don't recommend that. Um, secondly, sometimes, you know, it, it can wig out a little bit. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but um, I'm sorry to hear about that. Like, I don't think the motherboard would have any issues. Um, if you haven't been moving the thing around, it should be okay. But um, you might just want to let it just sit there and cook for a bit. Like unplug it completely from power, unplug the power supply from the wall, um, like overnight or something. Uh, when you plug it back in, when you try to turn on the system, leave it running for like a minute or two to make sure, you know, it's trying to reboot and all that and reset and see if it will boot up. He's like, okay, cool. Awesome. A day or two later, he gets back to me. He's like, Hey man, um, it's not getting any better, unfortunately. Uh, and he even sent me a video and, um, it was even like the disk drive was even making an odd issue on boot as well too. And man, I'll tell you my heart sang Cause I'm just like, man, I know, like I, I know I'm, I'm not a professional, but I feel like I'm pretty proficient with my work. Um, I have modded systems, hard modded systems that I did years and years ago that still hold up perfectly well. Um, friends and family have had some that hold up perfectly well. I've had friends who I've worked on systems for them. Uh, they've been shipped out, moved all over the place, dropped multiple times and they still work and they still boot up properly. So I'm just like, man, this is kind of like a little bit of a blow to my ego right here. Like that's super disappointing. And I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry about this. And, uh, when I saw that, I mean, I wasn't happy about it, but I was like, man, I just, if anything, I was, just, you know, I was disappointed and I was like, you know, I'm sorry, man. Um, I'll make this right by you let's try something else. I said, let's try some other troubleshooting on here. 
And uh, worst case, I'm just going to send you up a different system. And he's like, dude, no, 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 no. I, like, you don't need to do that. It's fine. It's like, no, I know I don't need to, but I feel really bad about this because the idea of getting this all set up was so we wouldn't have to run into this issue. And I know that was very important to you. And he's even like, well, at least like, I don't want you to do it for free, at least. Like, if you're going to send over another system, like, hey, hold on, hold the phone. Like, I appreciate it, but, like, let, let's figure something out here. So there was some troubleshooting that we end up doing, and I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, but then at one point, he tried something out, and he was just like, hold on. The system is working now. Like... It just instabooted for the first time in a long time. And I just want people to think, like, if, 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 you're, if you're a techno person at all, or maybe even you're not, just think about what do you think might have been done. Um, he did not open up the system. He really didn't move it around. Um, he, didn't, he didn't have to do anything software-wise to it. Because uh, initially I was thinking maybe it was a plugin issue because he had had some issues with uh, like mod menus and all that before. Uh, so we're, we're trying to figure all this out, right? I, I just want to let it cook for a little bit. Like, what do you think the issue was? So about five seconds have passed. Just, just hold that thought, right? I'm sure a lot of people would probably say power supply, a power plug at this point i guess more specifically the power supply there because the xbox 360 has an external power supply um maybe there was an issue with that maybe it was wigging out no i have never run into this and i've even like run it by people and they've never run into anything like specifically like this here um shout out to josh or octal um i did run this by him and he said what you're describing sounds like an issue with RGH3 on FAT systems. And I said, it's not RGH3, though. It's RGH1.2. And it was instabooting and bo booting up beautifully. And then it slowly got worse and slowly got worse. And then my friend did something, and it started working beautifully again. He plugged it directly into his wall. Uh, previously, he was plugging it into a power strip. And we ended up determining that the power strip was the culprit. And then maybe the worst thing of all is I told my friend, I said, okay, what I want you to do is take that power strip and throw it away. <laughs> and he was like, wait, do you think the power strip is bad? I said, yeah, th this is this is a live example here. And he said, well, hold on, give me like a day. Um, I need to do you know some some work on the system while it's still working. But even after a few days, the system was working beautifully. And I checked in on him later, and he said, yep, uh, I, you know what, I couldn't plug it in just directly into the wall, I couldn't keep it held there, uh, I didn't want to keep it there, you know, the whole time, you know, he had other stuff to plug in is what I'm saying. So he said, I found a better power strip that I had, I replaced it, I plugged everything in there, the console is working beautifully, man, you're right, that power strip was the issue, because he even asked me, he was in disbelief, like, well, are you sure the power strip is bad? And I said, yes, this is a live demonstration. Even we can look through the messages and you've pretty much told me this. You said six, eight months ago, this is working fine. And slowly, 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 it's getting, it's, it's gotten worse. You have had a live demonstration here showing the deprecation of this power supply or this power strip, excuse me. The power supply was fine, but it was the power strip. 
then he told me, <laughs> he said, um, well, I'm using the power. Cause I told him to throw that thing away, the old one. And he said, Oh, don't worry about it. It's hooked up to some Christmas lights. And I'm like, I didn't say hook it up to Christmas lights. I said it to throw it away, man. <laughs> and he really didn't want to throw it away. So I kind of had to scare him like, okay, um, the power strip is faulty right now. So there's really only two ways this can go. Either one, it's going to burn up whatever's plugged into it. Or two, it's going to burn down your house or apartment or just your domicile. Um, you don't get the opportunity to choose but one of those things is going to happen if you keep using that. And that scared him enough where he went over, he unplugged the power strip, he threw it away. I'm just like, dude, you you don't want to save the five or ten bucks here on this, all right? You really don't want to quite literally play with fire. <laughs> so that is just that. I just wanted to share that with you all because uh, that's something I've never run into. And I even told him that later. I was like, dude, I've never run into anything like this. I ran, I ran this by other people. They've never run into something like this. I did run it by one of my other friends who, when I told him this, he's like, you know, I should have predicted it was something with the power strip or the power plug because I just had a, I just had a power plug go bad on me. So let me know if you all ended up thinking that would have been the case or if you ever heard of anything in regards to that. Now, I did hint at this a few minutes ago, but I also want to talk about, you know, kind of why I don't really uh, open up my services to the floodgates of, hey, working on systems for the masses here. I really kind of just keep it to friends and such that I'll do some work for. Um, but there's a couple reasons, I guess, on there. Uh, one of them is I don't consider myself a professional. Uh, I consider myself to be someone who, you know, I, I think I'm better than you know, the average person when it comes to, you know, soldering and, you know, modification installs and all that fun stuff. Um, but I've also learned over, you know, over the years, and you can see that in real time, you can look at videos I've done five years ago, where my soldering is not nearly as good as it is now. You can look at videos five years before that it's terrible, compared to how it is now. <laughs> um, so in regards to that, it's kind of a thing of like, hey, I don't really consider myself professional level there i'll leave that to professionals um, a part of it is also like i said kind of the customer thing of you'll end up kind of sort of in a way being on the hook for you know your installs and things that you're working on there um and i think it didn't really click with me recently until pretty recently i think a part of it is the consoles that you're working on and the clientele um i made a video several years ago ranting about a RGH system that I end up selling locally and just how annoying it was to deal with that. And I legitimately think, and I'm saying this as someone who I love the original Xbox. I love the Xbox 360 immensely. I love the modding scenes on there. Um, but when it comes to 360, I think it's some with Xbox people. I don't know. It's, they will, a lot of them will ask a lot of questions and they will, how do I say, they will want a modded system but they don't want to pay for it. Uh, when it comes to actually sending out their system or even buying one, they don't really want to do that. They 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 want to, but they will not do it, is what I mean. Um, lots of questions that are asked, lots of things um, before, during, after. And it's healthy to have some skepticism and, you know, question and just, you know, wonder a few things. But the way I've also explained this to people is, in a way, it's kind of like, 
buying a car as well too um it's expected you do you know some level of research or at least you should um you're not going to be asking about every single little thing or i guess it's not expected when you know you're dealing with a dealer either public or private on there um just like a car dealer in this regard uh, but the biggest thing as well too is that when you let's say you go to a dealership and you purchase a car you're not going to then ask the person, the salesman who sold you the car to teach you how to drive. That's not their problem there. Um, that is your responsibility. Whether you're going to teach yourself, whether you're going to have someone teach you, whether you're going to go through a full driver's ed class and go through all of that, that is up to you. But you need to do some of that. So you need to have some basic understanding of how the car works, how to turn on the car, how to drive, hopefully, um, hopefully also be licensed to drive as well, too. Um, there's just these basics that you'll need on there. So that's the same thing with a modified system. Do I expect someone who's never owned a modified system to know how to use it in and out? Absolutely not. Uh, but do I expect some level of research to be done to have some understanding as to how to navigate it? Yeah, I, I would expect that there. So I've noticed as well, too, um, kind of just a, a favorite customer of mine. And I don't mean that sarcastically. I think some of my favorite customers I've seen, um, both, you know, some that, you know, I might have done work for or some that I've seen friends of mine who do work uh, deal with. My favorite customer has to be like a 40 or 50 something year old dad. Or just a 40 or 50 something year old guy in general. Uh, not because age shows wisdom or anything, but typically it's kind of a thing of, hey, I have, you know, I, I remember I used to play Halo 2 with all my friends. I used to play Halo 3. I had an Xbox 360 and all these games and I had to sell them or it broke or what have you. And I just kind of want to play some Xbox games again. I kind of just want to play some Xbox 360 games again. I just want to have a little bit of fun with this, you know? And I, I think it's something I want to enjoy. Uh, unfortunately, I see that you kind of need to do some hard modding on there, and I just don't have the time to do that. I don't have the energy for it. I don't want to learn it. Uh, I've I tried soldering, and uh, I ended up just completely destroying everything on whatever it was. So I need someone else to do this for me. Um, I understand this is specialized work. This is something you know how to do. So I'm not even going to, you know, question the prices on here. Uh, I'll go ahead, pay this because I do understand, you know, you, you know how to do this. And now you've done this, you have the hardware, you got the expertise. I don't want to buy all the hardware. I don't want to learn how to do this. I don't want to pick this up. Um, I'm pretty okay with software. I might ask you, one or two, maybe three questions because I've never had a system like this before. But for the most part, if you kind of just answer these basic questions for me, I can figure it out on my own. I can figure out the game thing. I can figure out the applications. I can figure out the network stuff. Um, th those are my favorite kinds of people, right? Those are my favorite kinds of people to work with where they'll say, hey, does it have this? Can this be installed? Is this available? Are you able to do this thing on here? What if this happens? Okay, cool. Uh, thanks. And sometimes it's like, you know, some things can be explained. Sometimes it's like, just an example. It's like, hey, can you install these five games on there for me? And I can say, no, I can't do that. You have to bring the games yourself and do it. 
They're like, okay, fair enough. Um, how do you do that? I might shoot them a video or like show them a video, like link to one or like link an article or just explain it. And they're like, cool. Uh, I, I, I can figure that once I get the system, I got some games here. I can figure it out on my own. Um, so that's typically how things like that go. And those are my favorite kinds of customers just because I think not only they're most respectful, but they also, they're willing to do the learning on there, do the process they need to actually utilize everything on there. On top of that, I feel like there's a difference. I feel like for them, it's very much a thing of, hey, let's let's say $300, right? For them, it's a thing of, hey, I am spending $300 getting one of these systems, having the hard drive upgraded, getting all this done. I should really put some time and effort into learning how to utilize it or else this is going to be an absolute waste of $300. While as for the absolute opposite end, the worst kind of customers, I feel like it's a thing of, hey, because I have paid you $300 of my money, I feel like I'm entitled to all your time on this. You need to answer every question of mine. You need to help me out every single step of the way. I don't really see why I need to learn how to do this when I can just ask you for things. And I'm going to be upset when you don't respond to me in a timely manner or you're not willing to help me out right there. And how dare you turn me away from me asking my questions or asking for help on here because I gave you $300. And therefore, because I gave you this money, I am entitled to some time and this question and all of this. Um, I feel like that's that's the big long short of it. Maybe let me know what your thoughts are on that, if, if you might agree or disagree. And I will say, not all the time, but a lot of time there is an age difference on there, a big age disparity on there too. Uh, that attitude I talked about with the worst kind of customers, you'll typically see that with uh, kids, tweens, teenagers, uh, even young adults as well too. Uh, so that's why I said, you know, the the 40-something, 50-something-year-old dad who doesn't know how to solder but has always wanted one of these systems and is willing to do the legwork on the software side as long as you do the hardware side, man, those are the best. Those are the best customers, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, boy. I did want to share uh, some game store stories here, if you all will allow me. Now, for anybody who does not know, this is typically a thing I do at the end of uh, these episodes here. And uh, to give some further background and context on this, I used to work at a mom and pop video game store uh, when I was in high school from 2009 to 2011. So for about two and a half years, I worked at this shop. I will say it was uh, probably the best and worst job I had. It was a it was a cool and cushy for the most part first job. Uh, I really liked the employees I had there, like that I worked alongside with, made some really awesome friendships. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's also a service job. It's a retail service job. It's just you know customer service. So uh, that does wear on you. Now there's you know there's a couple stories here I'm going to tell. Uh, one of them here ended up being the first and actually thankfully only time I ever dealt with a stolen credit card. Now, thank goodness there weren't police involved or anything. It's not super spicy like that. But this is all about one system that was very much unloved at the time and grew to have a lot of love later on. Uh, no, I'm not talking about, you know, something like 
don't know, the Sega Saturn or the 3DO. I'm talking about the PSP Go. You see, this was a system that had a good idea and came out at a bad time. And not only that, just it wasn't set up for the proper audience. The PSP Go was different from the other PSPs in that it did not use any form of physical media to play games off of. And even completely different than the original PSPs. You could... How do I say I'm all over the place. It, It has an internal storage of 16 gigabytes, which is pretty good to start off with. You can play PSP games, PS1 games on there, just all that fun stuff. However, uh, the downsides are that if you expand the storage, you can't uh, use just a Memory Stick Duo or Memory Stick Pro Duo. It ends up using like a M2 Memory Stick, which there's not even adapters for that out there. Like I... You can use, like, a memory stick to M2 adapter, but there's no, like, M2 to micro SD card adapter. So on my PSP Go that I have, I just have the stock 16 gigabytes on there. Yes, there's mods that you can do now, but I'm talking about just, like, getting, like, an adapter, like, the original PSP. You can just get a memory stick duo to micro SD card adapter, and boom, you're in. It's fantastic. So there's that. Um, Also, at the time, you're all of a sudden releasing this digital only system to a customer base that has for the most part had a very strong physical backing on there so for me and you all see you know my channel my content i cover i looked at it and my first thought was this would be a fantastic device to mod because I had a PSP 1000 that had custom firmware on it i was barely using discs as is because i put all my games on the on the memory stick duo and it worked just fine. To the average person who did not have a custom firmware modified system, they looked at it and said, this is stupid. Why would I buy a PSP that I can't use physical PSP games on, so I can only buy PSP games from the store, and they're all full price? Uh, Also, this was around the time it was getting to that point, when some routers did not play nicely with the PSP. So there, was even a, there wasn't even a guarantee you could easily get this onto your own home connection. <laughs> and the digital landscape was much different and worse back then. Uh, now, the cool thing is, well, the downside to that is system didn't sell well at all. You couldn't give these things away. I remember my first PSP Go I ever got, it was like, I went to a GameStop. They looked at me like I was weird buying a PSP Go in, what was it, 2013, I want to say. And I bought my PSP Go there, and they gave me, because it was holidays time, right? They gave me a 12-month warranty on it for free. But I bought that PSP Go for $40. These days, you try and buy a PSP Go, $140. (laughs) So what happened there was... um, we had a not brand new, but we had a complete in box PSP Go. And we ended up putting it in a glass counter where we had all of our other systems. So you could look at it. And we had so many people look at it. And nobody bought it. Nobody bought it. I think the entire time I worked there, because we didn't get it in 2009, but sometime after I started working there, we ended up getting it. And I don't think we sold that thing until after I stopped working there. The closest we ever got, I can think, well, there's two opportunities. One of them was there was a guy who came in with his two kids. He said that they went to a Hastings, rest in peace to Hastings, but they went to a Hastings, 
he wanted to get his kids PSPs. So he ended up getting them the PSP Go. So they each bought a PSP Go, and then they bought some games. Guess what? There's a problem there. Can you all tell what the issue is? They couldn't use those games on the PSP Go, so they immediately had to return the PSP Goes to Hastings there because they couldn't use the games that they bought for it because they didn't understand. That just that wasn't the landscape at the time in 2009, 2010, even 2011. That just was not the landscape, and that's what I'm really stressing here. So... We had people there who like looked at it, didn't buy it because it was even expensive too. I think it was like $200. I believe we were selling it like a complete in box PSP Go used one, mind you, for 200 bucks because they were expensive. <laughs> um, one time we almost sold it. Almost. Well, I almost did, I guess, because um, it sold afterwards. But um, there was a guy who came in. And he kind of just looked a little awkward, just tall, lanky, older gentleman, kind of just out of place. And this was around the holiday time, right? Holiday season, we couldn't, we couldn't keep any systems, man. We couldn't keep anything. Everything was being sold because everyone was buying up systems for themselves or for loved ones. So one of the things was, for example, for a while, we couldn't sell Wii's. When it came to holiday season, guess what? We went from having 20 Wii's down to one. <laughs> So everything was selling at that point. So this guy comes in and he's, you know, a little bit awkward, kind of just seems a little out of place there. And uh, I'm talking to him, you know, just asking, hey, how's it going? Is there anything I can help you with? And he's like, no, I'm just looking around. And he just looks down at the case. He's like, oh, what is that? This is this dude is like the first dude ever for me working there who had a legitimate interest in the PSP Go or feigned, I guess we can say. I said, oh, that's the PSP Go. He's like, oh, what exactly is it? I said, well, it's the PSP, except this one, it's digital only. So unfortunately, you cannot buy any physical games for it, but you'd have to connect it to PlayStation Network and, you know, purchase and download your games from there. He's like, oh, okay, can I see it? I said, sure. I slide open the case. I take it out. I open up the box, show him the device. And he looks at it. He's like, huh, okay. And he just holds it in his hand for like 30 seconds. Like he was feigning interest in it, right? And it was just it, it was it was awkward. And I think even the other thing I noticed here, um, which even that's this stuck out to me at the time, his hands, like his fingertips specifically, just had like a bunch of like just black ink. It looked like on them. Um, that it might explain something here in a bit. So he's just holding this thing, and you know I'm being polite. I'm not like, hey, I can't give it to you, or like you know I'm just I'm waiting. And he's like. Okay, I think I'll get it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll sell it to you. He's like, yeah, I'll get it. So I take the PSP back room. I put it in the box. I ring it up. And I say that will be 200 something dollars and change. He said, okay, here you go. Just, he doesn't have a wallet. From out of his pocket, he fishes out a uh, credit card and gives it to me. And uh, what happens is I was the type of person, I checked ID. Right, I know people don't check ID for credit cards, but I checked ID, and a lot of people appreciate it. I think the entire time I worked there, aside from like friends, like if you were like a friend who I knew, actually, I think even then I would check your ID because then it was just fun to mess with friends like that. But I think the entire time I worked there, out of the probably thousands of transactions I did, I think there was only two times I forgot to check ID. This time, though, I ended up checking an ID, and um, or did I? Maybe this is one of the times I didn't. Okay. Maybe it was this here. Um, 
But what ended up happening was I had the card and I might let, let's say I did, or I didn't check ID. This doesn't matter at this point, right? Getting into semantics here. I had the card. I end up swiping it. Doesn't work. Uh, it prints out a receipt. It says declined or like an error or something. I was like, Oh, that that's odd. Okay. Uh, so then I look at the card and I remember at the time it didn't have raised letters on it. It was like a gold card of some kind. I, it was probably a visa and it was like, you know, the, the, the numbers and the letters weren't raised on it, but it had the gift, like it had the, the credit card number on there and it said a gift for you. Um, it said something like that. And, um, I, I think it was that, or it might've been something else, but I, it might even had a name. I don't, I don't remember, but I want to say it was like a gift card of some kind that was there. And I just said, I was like, oh, I'm sorry that this isn't working here. Um, do, do you have, you know, any other form of payment? He said, no. I was like, oh, do you have an ID I can check? Um, he's like, well, no, I, I lost. He, he was very quick with this, right? Kind of a social engineering thing. Um, but he was very quick, uh, just like too quick in a way. He's like, well, no, I don't, I don't have an ID. I don't have that. Uh, my, my wallet ended up getting lost and stolen. That's why the credit card company, they end up giving me that card right there. And I just said, well, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Um, unless you have another form of payment. Uh, I just tried scanning, like swiping this. It didn't go through. Um, so unless you have a form of another form of payment, I can't run this. He's like, oh, okay, sorry. Thank you. And then he took it back and just walked out. And I'm just like, that, that was a little awkward. What was going on? And one of my friends, he didn't work there, but he was there just, you know, he came to visit for a bit and he had worked at another store locally there that wasn't affiliated with video games. And he saw that transaction, how odd it was. And he was just like, dude, I think that guy was trying to use a stolen credit card. I was like, wait, what are you serious? And he was like, yeah, I didn't get a super good look at it, but uh, I did kind of get a glance at the credit card that you tried to swipe. It didn't work. Right. And I said, yeah, he's like, Okay, I, he probably did a better job than most. Like, I've seen my fair share of f- fake credit cards. That one looked better than most of the other ones I've seen, but he probably didn't, you know, magnetize or, you know, get the get the data onto the card itself. And my friend told me, he was like, well, I'm thinking probably what happened was the guy, you know, he had a f- stolen credit card. He pressed it there, and the hope was it wasn't going to work. And he was probably hoping that you were going to punch in, you know, the, the credit card information manually on there, but you didn't. And I said, yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. He's like, okay, yeah, that's good. Um, but my friend said, you know, he's had a lot more experience than me at this. That was the first time I ever dealt with a stolen credit card like that. And he had said, yeah, um, I, he's like, you, you handled it well, but no, that was, I'm pretty sure that was a stolen credit card because that guy that guy clearly, he was looking at the PSP Go. He had no idea what the hell that was. He had no idea what the hell he was looking at. And then as soon as you said, you know, you couldn't take his payment, you know, he was giving an excuse. And when uh, you said you wouldn't take his payment on that, he just walked out immediately. He didn't try to fight it at all. If that guy was legitimate, if he had legitimate money, if that was a legitimate card, he would have tried to work with you. He would have tried to fight that a bit. But no, from what I see, he was just coming in here trying to buy something expensive and probably, you know, just flip it or do something else with it. And I was like, wow, that, that absolutely makes sense. Thank you for explaining that. So at this same shop, I, I guess I'll share another story here. We're going to go over the hour mark, but that's fine. That's kind of just a soft cap on there. 
at the time, because uh, at the time there, uh, there was several different game shops that were available, and there was a new big shop that ended up opening at that time, and it was a chain that ended up opening there, and so many people were excited for this, and man, they ripped people off. I am talking worthless original Xbox games we were selling for $3, $4, $5. I saw the stickers. People were going there and just buying stuff because they were excited. And for the same games we would sell for $5 because that's what they were worth, this shop was selling for $15. And what blew my mind is that people were paying this, right? <laughs> now, this is on the other side of things. This was someone who was trying to sell something. And this guy, I guess he ended up, he knew my manager, or not even like personally, but just like knew of, knew him because he'd probably seen him, you know, at this game shop and had been shopping there for a bit. But this guy pulls up in his truck, he comes into the store, and he's just looking like, he was polite the whole time, right? But he was just, you know, a little boisterous, a little high and mighty, and he's like, hey guys, how's it going? You know, I I need to sell this game to y'all. We're like, okay, cool, well, what do you have? And he's like, man... Y'all won't believe it. I went over to this other store. I tried to sell to them. They were only going to give me like five cents for this game. Or I think it was like, no, I don't even think it was that low. I think he said a quarter. He's like, they were only going to give me, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm messing it up here. But I think he said something like, man, they were only going to give me like five cents for this game. And I told them, no, I can't do that. I need some money for this. So that's why I drove all the way over here. And we could tell from across the store he was trading in a sports game and it was not a new sports game and for anybody who is uninitiated in this sports game prices sports games depreciate at the same rate of bananas bananas going brown <laughs> i want to say this was probably 2010 this happened and i want to say it was like a madden 2007 or maybe even 2008 for the xbox 360 let's just say in this case it was madden 2007 so at that point that was going to be like a worthless game we would have sold for three dollars used and my manager just said he's like oh i i can tell that's a sports game uh dude i'm gonna tell you right now we're probably not gonna give you that much more and this guy i guess he just didn't know that and he was like wait wait are you, are you serious and my manager's like yeah i Dude, I'm sorry you drove all the way across town for this here. Um, I mean, let me look at it. I'll take a look. But those sports games are not worth that much ma money, man, especially when they're a few years old. We're probably not going to be able to give you that much more in this other store. And my manager looked at it, and I'm pretty sure he said, you know, I, I can give you 25 cents. So that's better than the five cents this other store was going to give you. But I mean, I'm sorry, like, I, I'm willing to bet you probably spent more than 20 cents driving across town to come over to us. And this guy just looked so disheartened. And he did sell it to us, though. He did, mind you. Um, but I think that's also why I remember the truck as well, because I'm like, man, I know you don't get good gas mileage. <laughs> so that's that's what happens. Maybe taper your expectations on that. Um, granted, this guy, he just, he didn't know that. I understand there, but it's a learning experience on that. Um, maybe a part of that is also when it comes to how bad some places will give you very, very little money for your games. That's why one of my best friends, different, you know, different shop here, but one of my best friends, um, he never worked at a game shop, mind you, but he told me he has never traded in a video game because when he was younger, 
Uh, you know, he would have to work for his games, do chores and all that, and his mom would buy him something. But I think there was a few times he tried to trade in games, and his mom pretty much slapped it away from him because he would go to a GameStop or an EB Games, try to trade in a game, and his mom would be like, wait, you're going to give us how much for that? No, 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 no. I remember how much we paid. I remember we paid $55, $65 for this. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let you sell it for $5, $10. No, at that point, um, whatever game you're getting, don't even trade it. Keep your game. You're not going to trade it in. And I know you want to get a new game. Just get your new game. <laughs> so um, big shout out to his mom for doing that because he has a, a pretty cool collection now, thankfully. But yeah, that's how all that goes. <laughs> Either way, I think the very last thing I want to cover on here is, uh, and I'll make it quick, you know, the games that I've been playing. I like to also cover the games I've been playing here recently. Uh, I did, as a Steam Deck owner, indulge in my first Steam Deck specific um, uh, Steam sale. I haven't really indulged in a Steam sale in years. And one of my rules was I really only wanted to get games that I was, you know, interested in, but games that were compatible on the Steam Deck. Uh, one game I've been playing the hell out of just went from like nothing to playing a ton of it vampire survivors even if you don't get that game on sale it's five bucks I cannot recommend it enough such a dangerously addictive game but oh so good so I've been playing that a friend and I last year we started working on streets of rage 4 and we were kind of doing this during our game nights so we had to break it up over a few nights technically over a few weeks and that's why we didn't you can finish it in one setting but we didn't here but we end up finishing streets rage 4 so that's the only game i end up finishing so far at least uh while i'm recording this i know i'm like right at the end of 13 sentinels on the switch so i've been playing a ton of that I have really been wanting to play the new Mario and Rabbids game, but I'm being good. I'm waiting to finish up 13 Sentinels because I'm like right there at the end, and then I'll start on Mario and Rabbids. Uh, I've been doing a bit of Ring Fit Adventure as well too, so still doing that. Almost done with that here for the third time at this point. And uh, also been playing some Mario Party Superstars, so that's been real fun. Uh, that's a game night um you know, a game night favorite with some friends and I. Uh, also, went back to this for a little bit. My girlfriend and I were playing Black Ops 3. Uh, it's kind of a, a nice little throwback in a way because before we started dating, that was the game that we played a whole lot together. And it's not even because I like Black Ops 3. It was like she didn't really have that many games that we could both play online. And that was one of the few overlapping games that I had, and she didn't really want to spend any more money on getting new games or different games since, you know, buying more games was going to be more of a thing for her. It was easier for me to buy something than it would have been for her, just when it comes to, you know, spending and, you know, flexible income and all that, I suppose. So uh, that was real cool. Typically, we'll end up doing zombies on there, but I will say... Black Ops 3, even though it's not my favorite Call of Duty, it is probably the most value-packed Call of Duty. I'm not talking about the 360 and the PS3 versions. I'm talking about PC, PS4, Xbox One. On that, you get a campaign, which I believe is co-op. You get a zombies campaign. I'm not talking about zombies mode. I'm talking about a zombies campaign, which is also co-op, which is a zombies universe alternative to the campaign. So you technically get two campaigns there. You get Dead Ops Arcade 2, which is super fun. You get the Zombies mode. And you also get a whole ton 
of you have to pay for them mind you but you get a whole ton of zombies dlc it got a ton of maps on there and of course you have the standard multiplayer mode which is enjoyable i like it i, I feel like with black ops 3 you either like the multiplayer or you don't i personally liked the multiplayer on there it was a, it was a fun game so black ops 3 definitely very feature packed but funny enough when we were playing it last, I started talking to my girlfriend about the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions of them, and she's never played them. But I told her, I said, sometime I just want to sit you in front of either of those systems, and I want you to play Black Ops 3 on PS3 or 360. Because it just, it does everything wrong. It is very much a thing of... This is technically Black Ops 3, but it's such a husk of itself. And in short, because I know we're kind of going over time, so to speak, here. But in short, it was handed off to a different company to work on. So even the, the development team that was working on Black Ops 3 for PC and PS4 and Xbox One, it was a different team that was working on Black Ops 3 for PS3 and 360. It was essentially backported over there. Different team, different company was working on it. It came out like two months later. It came out at a discount. I want to say it released for either $40 or $50 instead of $60. And it's missing most of the game. By that I mean it has a multiplayer mode, and I think it got one map pack, but it didn't get any of the other map packs. Uh, it has the zombies mode on there. And same situation there. I think it got some of the Zombies DLC, but it didn't get all the DLC that you'll get on Xbox or PS4 or uh, or PC. And I don't even know if it has Dead Ops Arcade. I legitimately don't know if it does. It might, but it doesn't have the campaign. So you're buying a game that has incredibly poor DLC support, is missing the campaign entirely, and even my girlfriend asked, she's like, okay, well, does it at least run fine? I'm like, I mean, it runs like it runs like it, it targets 60 frames per second, but it doesn't stay at 60. Thank goodness that was the last Call of Duty game that released that generation, um, which is also kind of a disappointment as well, too, in a way, because I think the one that released previously was Advanced Warfare, and that was actually a very competent port on the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. Uh, but when it came to this one here, Black Ops 3, at the time, I remember I made a commentary video ranting and talking about this, and I still stay true to this fact. And thankfully, you know, this ended up happening here. But at the time, I said, do not buy this. Do not support it. Because if you buy it and you support it, you are going to tell the developers that this is acceptable. And you can keep releasing new games for these systems when they shouldn't be on there, when they are very much half-baked. And I'm so happy that it just ended up ending on that regard. <laughs> so that, that's how that ended up going. Either way, uh, that is about it for the end of this video here, this episode, this podcast, however you're consuming it, of Mario's Minute. At the very, very, very end here, at the very end, I do like to have a keyword or a key phrase of some kind. And if you use this keyword or key phrase in a comment on the YouTube upload here, I'll know that you've made it to the end. And if you're listening to this, if you're doing an audio-only version, don't worry, you're not excluded here. Come on over to the channel. Come on over to the uh, upload for episode 61 and leave a comment. Now, for this word here, I'm actually going to use a word because I was going to talk about this, but it didn't come up. So you know what? I'm going to force it in here. 
It's just been delegated now to a keyword, unfortunately, or fortunately, but migraine. That is the word. If you use the word migraine in your comment on this YouTube upload, I'll know that you've made it to the end. Do you have migraines? Do you not have migraines? How often do you have migraines? I mean, that's up to you to share. Do you love them? Probably not. Do you hate them? Probably yes. Are they good? Probably not. Are they bad? How bad are they? Completely up to you. What gives you a migraine? Are you able to stop them in their tracks? Are you able to figure out what things can give you a migraine? What situations can give you a migraine? Was there a certain time period you started getting them? Let me know. If you leave the word comment on you, or not, man, if you leave the word migraine in your comment on the YouTube upload, I'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mario's Minute. A good start to 2023, I would say. If you enjoyed this episode here, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. But as I always say, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. And until next month.